I wore my slinket for the occasion. Your slinket? This is a, it's like a blanket with sleeves. <laughs> Welcome back to Social Creative Conversations. I am so glad that you're here listening wherever you are. I don't know, on a walk, maybe you're in your car, maybe you have your headphones on like me because there's so much noise in your house that you just can't handle. Um, Whatever it is, thank you for being here. Today's episode is part two to a two-part series I did to share a little bit more about my story. Specifically, my story I start reminiscing about as we come into December. I'll give a little bit more context for you. And if you haven't listened, you can listen to part one where it talks about a meningioma brain tumor that I survived in December, oh gosh, nine years ago. As we start to come into November, December every year, I automatically start, you know, reminiscing and being mindful of the things that I really truly am thankful for. You know, when you go through something life-changing and pivotal, it changes the way you filter things, the way you prioritize things. And so this is my story. I'm not the only one in the world who has ever undergone something incredibly difficult, whether physically, emotionally, mentally. I know there are so many of you listening right now that that may have had a similar surgery or something that has changed the way you have thought about life or change it, change the way you do things. So I hope that there's some places that you can resonate, but I just want to reiterate that this truly is my own story. And so I'm sharing uh, just sort of to be mindful of the things that I have Uh, taken into consideration going through my own journey. So for today, I I really wanted to touch on something that as I think about, you know, the the first part of this two-part episode was dealing with how I came in to discover that I had a tumor and then uh, some of the amazing moments that we had just in I talked about an El Gaucho night that we have every year now for the last nine years where we celebrate life and community and people and uh, not taking for granted things. And this episode is going to focus more on the things that I learned post-surgery. So during that recovery period. And one of the huge takeaways for myself and Jake and our family was the gift of help, how help uh, connected us to those people around us, how we felt loved by the help, how we felt seen by the helpers. And it really feels like a significant conversation because, you know, even as we look to today, what we're going through with coronavirus, 
I'm seeing helpers all over the place. And actually, despite complete <laughs> vigilance on my family's part for the last, you know, however many months, I ended up getting COVID-19 during December, which was crazy as the memories of being in a deep, desperate place of need, literally, even to the overlapping dates, were finding us in a place of need yet again, and being helped yet again. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all of those parts, you know, a lot of my strength having to relinquish a lot of those things and truly be in a position to ask for help, mainly because I needed it, which is really hard for someone who is or who considers themselves to be quite independent. So being dependent on something is something that is extremely difficult. I don't know if anyone else can relate, but I have found the significance of being helped, which also helps me appreciate the ability to help. One memory particular stands out in my mind. Um, You know, I'd considered myself a very independent, strong person, always being able to do everything on my own, never asking for help, especially not physically. Anyways, coming out of such a a serious surgery, of course, I was in um, a very lengthy and humbling recovery period. Not only did I have to relearn a lot of stuff and go through different therapies to relearn how to do things like I was in cognitive therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy. I had to be driven there. I couldn't drive for almost a month, I want to say. I couldn't go get groceries. I couldn't take care of my son. I couldn't make meals. I couldn't... uh, Just a lot of things that we take for granted that We don't even think about that we have the independence to do. Anyways, I I can think of one moment in particular where I was in a position of submitting total dependence on someone and just how that felt. There was one night that I was laying in bed and I was super sick because... um, You know, of course, I had so many different uh, medications that I was taking, you know, pain, pain medication and and all sorts of things um, during that recovery process post-surgery. And if I got behind on my, my pain medication, the pain would ramp up so much so that it was like, it was horrible if you got behind the pain. And I remember the, the nurses telling um, 
Jake and my mom that don't get behind the pain. Stay up to date on your pain medication uh, because then what would happen is I would end up getting a migraine and the pain from the migraine would hurt so much that I would need the pain medication but then would get sick and end up throwing up the pain medication. I don't know. It just ended up being this vicious cycle where anyways, I just remember being in bed all day. My temperature irregularity was off the charts. I was hot and then I was cold. The fan was constantly going. I was laying on ice packs and then I'd be burning up. So needless to say, I'm a sweaty mess. I'm wearing the same clothes I had for multiple days. I had been, you know, hours upon hours in a cycle of throwing up, trying to eat, throwing that up, trying to eat, my head hurting, just this vicious, vicious cycle. Being so weak in my physicality, like my body was so weak and I had to go to the bathroom. And I remember having to call out for Jake to come help me to go to the bathroom. And I remember feeling so small and so, uh, I don't know, just being so dependent on someone to lift you out of bed, realizing, I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember smelling how I smelled and it was not, it was not pleasant you guys um and so just being ashamed of that like oh my gosh you know my hair's not comb you know just and I had been we were new in our marriage but I you know not something that I usually cared about um but having him have to help me to the bathroom having him have to help me shower sitting on a toilet one time and crying because my hair was falling out and asking him, you know, having to have him brush my hair um, was just so hard, hard to do, even though I needed it. So why was that so hard? Why was it so hard to be in a place of need and know that I was in a place of need and yet not want to ask or accept the help because I could be stubborn in those moments. I wanted to share that because as I, you know, come into December and in the first episode, I was just sharing how grateful I am and how I have a different perspective on abilities that I have now and helpers around me and being able to receive help. Anyways, I brought back Jake and I also wanted to include one of my dear friends, Julie Hubert, into the conversation. Here we're going to have a roundtable discussion. Um, you know, this is always supposed to be conversational. And so I wanted to talk about some of the takeaways, the gift of being helped the connectivity it brings, the, the feeling of being loved, the, the feeling of being seen. What keeps us from asking for help? 
you know, whether it's feeling like someone's situation is always worse and your need is not big enough or like I experienced pride. (laughs) Simply pride getting in the way so much that you won't ask for help because you don't want to admit you can't do something or the reservation to admit or accept dependence on somebody submitting to be cared for which is how i felt and then was able to get to to a place of just from that particular night in my story in december there are countless countless examples of how we were helped and oddly enough as I'm contemplating all of these things nine years ago our family came into a situation of me testing positive for coronavirus how do you like that (laughs) oh despite all of our vigilance anyhow I ended up getting sick and so as we're thinking about these things in December, I simultaneously am having to be put in the situation again of receiving help and asking for help. And I tell you what, we continue to be the recipients of examples of love and support, not just from the immediate sphere around us, but from neighbors and people that we don't even know, whether it's groceries being dropped off on our porch, a Christmas tree being dropped off for us, meals, just another example of being in a place of need because we all have needs. We all have in any time in our life been put in a position of needing and being able to provide for needs. You know, Julie also shared with us a little bit about being a helper as it relates to an Enneagram personality type. She is an Enneagram 2, which is known as the helper. And so I asked her to share a little bit of her journey through the healthy and unhealthy characteristics of being a helper. There was so much gold that she shared that I actually put a portion of it in this podcast, but then there is a whole other mini episode, which is going to be some bonus content to listen to. I highly recommend if you know an Enneagram 2, if you are an Enneagram 2, It's such a good word from her through her journey of learning and growing in uh, the healthy parts and realizing the unhealthy parts of that personality type. So I'm going to share this conversation with you. It's a lengthy one, but I hope you'll take the time to listen to it. Whether you're the person in need or whether you are the person supporting the person, or whether you are the person giving to a need. 
I think you'll find there's something for everybody in this conversation. Julie, Julie! (laughs) Okay, so um, as we're coming into talking about part two of what my December was like, what kept coming up was just the countless ways that we were helped during that. And in part one, I sort of talked about, you know, all the way up until the surgery. But then as we hit December 12, when I actually had the surgery and then the recuperation period after mm-hmm. and how, you know, I like I was thinking about all these various ways that from the small things that were so significant, like I'm in the hospital right before Christmas and in order to lift my spirits, you guys came over and decorated my room with Christmas decorations, you know, and then, you know, helping as I went through my cognitive therapy and like all the therapies that I had to go through and I needed drivers to get there. And I needed, I mean, Julie, I'm just thinking about the ways that you helped, I mean, in so many ways, groceries being dropped off, dinners being dropped off, um, helping to watch the kids. You sneaked me out of my house for a renegade trip to Target (laughs) because I hadn't purchased any Christmas gifts at all. And my spirits were so low Um, and in just like a drugged haze, I got whisked away to Target, put on one of those. Dangerous. That was dangerous. (laughs) That was, that was irresponsible, but I have no regrets. Oh my gosh. No regrets. You on the little cart. I was on that cart. It was so funny because remember I kept getting stuck on all of the different, um, It was hard to navigate. (laughs) Oh my word. But uh, I mean, I'll never forget like all these various ways that I was helped throughout the process. But as I was thinking about all those, I was thinking about the emotions that I was feeling because I've always considered myself to be a fairly strong person. I was, you know, independent all the way up until um, Jake and I got married. And even while Jake and I were married, you know, you have a sense of independence and, um, and strength and to then be put into a place of um, emotional, um, I don't even want to say weakness because I don't think it was weakness, vulnerability, need, need, vulnerability, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of the different ways. Remembering how it felt when people would drop things off on our door or at our door, like groceries or offer to help. And me feeling like, no, I got this. We got this. We're totally fine. Well, you know, Jake is drowning in his taking care of me, holding down a job of, I mean, a job where he should have been traveling and it was fairly new, getting all these bills, just trying to manage all of these things. And I'm going to have him speak a little bit to his own experience during that process because he recognizes now, well, actually, Jake, I'll just let you share really quick, just as we were talking about what you sort of discovered about 
how you didn't ask for the help that you needed when I was the person who went through the surgery. And so everyone was asking how I was doing, but no one was really asking how you were doing. And you actually found that you had needs. Yeah. It's, expand just, on that it's interesting bit. because the obvious need to help was obvious. It was you, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it was, so when people would come over, it was obviously to help you take care of you and not just you, I would say it was us. It was, you know, people were finding ways to take like Ollie and um, that kind of thing. But my mom, I remember my mom coming and she said, I was like, I'm so glad you're here. We could really use your help. I know Amy in particular, my my mom, obviously it's your mom, but she was like, well, how are you doing? I was like, Mm -hmm. fine. She's like, no, but how are you doing? And she sort of asked again. And that made me go, oh man, (laughs) I'm not doing good. Like at all, because I was so exhausted. Um, Yeah of just thinking about, I remember all the pills you had to take, you had seven days and we had to get it right. We didn't want to overdose you and like, you know. I thank you for that. All the meals and <laughs> um, so it's just all these little things that was just, and that's not, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm that's not my natural ability, right? right. I get exhausted pretty quickly yeah. in doing that, although I enjoyed doing it, but it was, it was tough. I never even thought to stop though and ask, hey, what about me? Right. Just even yeah. saying that now, it makes me sound so selfish, right? To, to say that, but, um, but no, I kind of needed some help. Like, yeah. Just a little break here and there, I think. Well, and even just like, we joke, we joke today about this, but it really was a need being in the hospital, the person who's helping, whether, whatever the reason you're in the hospital, there's always a, you know, someone who's helping you or tending to you, whether it's, you know, birth or whatever, he's been on the couch and then he's the person in the middle of the night when I'm like super in pain, I'd be like, Jake, oh my gosh, you know, whether it was in pain or can you please itch my legs? Because I was having, you know, a reaction to the medication. He had a severe lack of sleep and everyone was trying to make sure even in the recovery period month for a month after making sure that I was getting the sleep that I needed to recover. While that's true, I needed that. But he was mentally and physically exhausted. He was himself losing sleep and just not even realizing how that was taking a toll on his body. And then not even thinking to ask for the help that he needed. Yeah. Yeah. And to ask for it at that time just would have felt wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, part of that's the way I'm wired too, but. Yeah, but I'd, I'd kind of like to talk about, this kind of leads me into, you know, what are the reasons that prevent us from asking for help? Like Jake was listening specifically, he was saying to me, I didn't even know, I, I couldn't even get to understanding the feelings that I was having to know how to ask for help you know and that was what prevented him from even asking what about you julie i feel like jake's situation personifies um the situation of of why we don't ask for help because we think somebody else has a bigger problem you were the one that had the brain tumor that we were all you know rallying around but he was just one step removed from how much pain that brought. And Jake, I really think about that. Like you, I didn't even sense like your need. You were so steadfast and so calm 
and just like, here I am, I'm here to support Amy. And like, it, it's definitely partially your personality, but you know, the need when it's like my significant other is in the, the most dire time in their life. I am supporting them in all these ways. And also I'm having to face the possibility of them being permanently impaired or even lost to me. And I have a small son and it's, it's really interesting. And I think a real takeaway for me, like the person supporting the person, their need is just a little bit less. It's, it's pretty much on par. And I think the, your, your, your inability to communicate it. And even my inability to see it, like being as close as you all were, I was so focused on Amy and what she needed. And I don't know, you know, what is that? Um, certainly Amy, you're the one that had the, the tumor, but gosh, it was really an entire family, uh, circumstance. And I guess like everything we did to help was for the whole family, but I think about like Jake's emotional needs and kind of the need of the support, the support person to relieve him and to speak to him and, and offer him things like that's definitely a takeaway for me. Just like you were the whole unit and we were serving all of you, but like that, that actual real need that you had, Jake, I I think we missed that for sure. And I missed it too. And I honestly think even if we were to go back, redo that, recognize it, I, I don't, think I would receive it very well right mm-hmm. as that's the other part so even if it's yeah. like hey you need oh, a break yeah I don't I don't need a break like, mm-hmm. and how can break. we believe that our like because that's so often what happens is we believe that our circumstance isn't as dire as the one next to us so we won't receive the help that we truly need you truly needed help too then Jake so often I think the reason why we don't ask for help is because like well how really bad is our situation you know you're thinking about like going through coronavirus right now like I feel like people a lot of times are not wanting to ask for help because their situation isn't as dire as someone else's. Yeah. Like, well, at least we still have our job or, you know, whatever, whatever. And I mean, I felt like, you know, in getting sick, like there's a lot of resistance to asking for help or receiving the help. It's just, yeah, I, I do think it is a very consistent issue and I don't know, you know, I think there's a lot of things involved in, but I think some of it is just that people feel like bad receiving help for their particular situation because when they compare it to something else it feels like it's just not as bad as what other people are suffering from and but but that's relativism it's Mm -hmm. your circumstance and your pain is absolutely valid and deserves care especially from the people that most love you and most see your need Yes, there are harder things happening in the world everywhere. And the person in front of me is the person that I am going to care about. The person that I love the most, that is in my circle, that needs my help. That is who I'm, you know, called to serve in that moment. Whether or not there's a a harder problem somewhere else that I could find, that's my, that's my mandate is that person right then. What's the question? Well, let me, I got a question. So in general, would you say it's easier to help someone else or to receive the help? I think it's easier to help someone else for me and incredibly satisfying. I have become much more able to receive help because I've admitted how much it means to me to give help. Mm -hmm. If I, if I'm honest, when I give help to someone else, it gives me such great feeling on so many different levels, 
knowing what that means to them, the specialness that they feel that, you know, the, it's not just special, it's seen. I see you, I see your need and I'm, I'm responding to it. So you feel the value that I, that you have in my eyes. Like this act is a reflection of how I feel about you. So I feel very, it's a, it's a very uh, powerful thing for me and a very um, satisfying thing for me to help other people. But knowing that and fully acknowledging it has helped me to be much, much more able to receive the help of others because I don't want, I, I want them to have that feeling. Like if that's going to give them that same sweet feeling, I'm both, both benefited, but they are also getting that feeling that I have. And I mean, I think different personalities feel differently about helping and whatnot, but I don't think there's anybody that doesn't have some sense of satisfaction with seeing a need and meeting it. I think that's almost like biological human stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I like both, but of course the, the, the tendency is to easier to give help because it's less vulnerable. It's less humble. It can give you a, not only feel good, but give you a boost to your ego. Whereas receiving help is like, Oh, you know, I'm in the one in need now, which is, I think, you know, it's a different vulnerable place. And it's something I used to absolutely fight tooth and nail. I did not want to be the one that admitted that I needed help, but that is definitely ego. It is never served me to stay in that place. So I think, yeah, the more life goes on, the more I'm like, oh, you want to do something nice for me? Great. Sounds good. (laughs) I'll take it. Well, and it's just a beautiful circle, right? I mean, I think that that's the reason that I, I mean, it's taken a really long time to come now in my life to, to recognize, yes, I wholeheartedly receive your help and, Mm -hmm. and even being in a place to ask for it. Whereas before I would just sit back and be like, oh gosh, I, I hope they see that I need help. Right. You know, like I don't want, I don't dare ask, but maybe if, you know, maybe they'll see it or something, you know, but now knowing how much I love to help other people because it is loving someone who needs it. It's the same way that they do to me. It's a beautiful circle and it helps you receive it all the more because you would do the same for them. And there's going to be places that they then may be in the same place of, of vulnerability and you're able to reciprocate in a really lovely way. It's funny because absolutely pride is what kept me from asking for help a lot of times and even just that uncomfortable the the uncomfortable feeling as it's happening i'm thinking of a couple times someone gifted us house cleaning during the recovery process because i couldn't i couldn't obviously maintain the house and i remember how ashamed i felt as someone was cleaning my house in front of me not recognizing that I literally couldn't walk. I was heavy on drugs, you know, but it was such a place of, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I really should. Oh, can I help you? Let me just help you, you know? And he's, and I remember him saying, no, it's okay. Someone hired me to do this for you. They recognized a need. And, And then I just remember that struggle inside of me of like, no, 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 I'm fine. No, I'm good. You know, and, and trying to get up from the couch and like, try and help with the dusting, you know, and he was just uh, looking at me like, are you joking me? I was totally okay with that one, by the way. Yes, I know. A, yes. <laughs> that was a good joke. 
it's been a, it's a place of progress. It's absolutely a place of progress where now, you know, with, uh, with me just being sick, we had that same reoccurrence of being the recipients of service to us. People recognizing a need. And also it is such a a beautiful display of your community coming around you. Like your village, your community really coming around you. And I mean, how that feels is just so, I, I don't know, like, can you describe that feeling, Jake? Because even when it happened nine years ago, it was the one, it wasn't the one, but it was a very significant takeaway that we, year over year over year, we talk about as just such a, a blessing to our family and a gift in the sense that people we didn't know were serving us and loving on us, you know, our community, just from childcare to food to dinners and all that stuff. Yeah, I think it was Julie, overwhelming. I think Julie, you said it well with when you are give the gift of help, really you're recognizing someone, you're seeing them, you're showing them you care about them and you're in, in some way connecting with them. Right. And that's how I remember going, Holy cow. Like, look at all of these people that see us, that see our situation, that are taking uh, time out of their day, dedicating it to service for us, to help us. And I remember feeling seen and cared for and connected. Um, I also remember being very humbled by it, by just looking at like, whoa, I you know, we're doing this Karen Bridge thing with just putting it out there and who knows who's listening or reading it or any of that. And then just hearing the stories of how it, had people have been following along and, and, and all that. I was like, Whoa, you're actually reading. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I thought it was just, we were just putting these things together for, you know, I don't know, maybe family was listening to it, but there's a lot of people that were, um, I don't know that, uh, that responded to it. So it, I don't know. It was very humbling. And I think people are moved by seeing it. We, you know, to consider being in a really painful, vulnerable, scary situation. Um, and have communities surround you and care for you, both the ones you really deeply know and the people that just were somehow moved by your story. Um, I think that's compelling for anyone to see. And it's kind of like, you know, it, those are the those are the hopeful stories of being human when, you know, yeah, the going got really rough and they were seen and cared for and known. And that's I think that's what we all want. So we resonate with it very much. And I was also noticing the fact that in that time when you're really hurting and you feel seen and all these people are taking care of you, you're actually seeing the truth about humanity. We are all connected, but we don't always feel that. We don't always, until we need it, we don't experience it or feel it as deeply. And I think in that moment where, it was, was and is, and it'll happen again with someone else in our sphere. When there is like a real deep, intense need, the truth is revealed. We're all sitting here waiting to, to be close. And we always were. It's just that the need to help mm-hmm. um, showed the connection and showed the essentialness of all these relationships. Um, it's not that they weren't there before or that the connection wasn't there. It's just that this became the impetus to see where the action would flow. 
Like this isn't just lip service. This is actual response to need, whatever it may be. I really, yeah, I really like that because I believe that we are also very deeply connected to the people that we care about or even don't know, but um, we don't always see it. And this was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, very obviously. And I've had other people that have gone through really painful health circumstances. And it is just one of those things that brings out um, that reality of how interconnected we really are and how much we need each other. And that's very honest and it's very humbling. And I think also feel ultimately leaves you feeling not as alone. Like you guys knew you were not alone. Absolutely. In in any way. Yeah, absolutely. And it is that connection. It's funny because even though you can know you are loved, you can convince yourself that you're not. And then Mm -hmm. when people show up, there's a sense, I remember thinking this like, oh my gosh, yeah. How thoughtful that you would think of me in that way. Yeah, we were surprised. Literally <laughs> shocked. But at that point, it's like, dang it. It's Isn't true. That, yes. It, yeah. yeah. Even though you know it, you yeah. know you're utterly loved. In a weird way. Help is the action of love. Help it, is the action of love. There are other actions of love, but help is one of the great actions of love. And we all need to both receive it and give it to, I think, feel love most fully. Yeah. And, you know, it it wasn't just the outpouring of people whom you know you're loved by. Mm -hmm. This even just recently, I mean, who hasn't, like being helped by your neighbors, being helped by the person five houses down the street, the, hey, can I go to the grocery store for you? I'm making a run to the grocery store. I thought about you. Yeah. And I'd like to pick something up for you. Give me your list you know, and even that's another thing that I really appreciate is not asking, Hey, can I help you phrasing it? I'm going to help you because almost knowing that person isn't going to ask for help because they don't want to feel put out, you know, like, easy to say no to that, but like, I'm going to help you. Here are three options. Please choose one. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, it's interesting that we, that it took a brain tumor, right? Mm. For this to kind of, not that, not that we didn't feel cared for or seen before, but why were we surprised? Mm. (laughs) Right? took a brain tumor for us to go, oh my gosh, look at all these people that care about us. Yeah. Um, And it's not on anyone else other than there's this, there's this lie. I think that we tell ourselves that we're not seen, we're not cared for. We don't like, we just sort of believe these lies that is just not true. And so I don't think it takes something as big or as crazy as a brain. I mean, it could just take as something simpler and um, having people either recognizing that or you recognizing it. So then you can reach out to your people. Mm-hmm. And I think we would all be shocked by how our people would respond to surround us in a ways that almost like relief to them. Like, thank you. I, I'm looking for ways to help people. Yeah. This a gift for you to say that you need help. Cause I, you know, I want to help. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think I, I like that word relief. I feel that way, honestly, when, when people are going through something and there's a way that I can help, it is a relief. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, because that, that thing they're experiencing for so many of us, for whatever reason, whether you love a person or not, it it gets, I call it stuck in your craw. Like it's just in there. And it's like, what can I do to have any impact on this? You know, and in there's so many different situations, like, you know, you know, different charities that you 
particularly like respond to because of your personal relationship to them or just they strike you in a certain way. We respond and we feel moved when we can help and that we're given a way to help. Um, so I feel like that in like interpersonal relationships, when people are like, ask me specifically for something, I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. Yes. I will give you a date night. Whew, good. Yeah. There's a thing, you know, Yeah. that you said you needed that I know is going to mean something to you. And honestly, just the asking, I love the asking. I, I, I wish we had like a campaign of asking, like I will commit to ask for a specific helping right. thing. Exactly. Once a month for the whole year. Because so who doesn't I, need I, it? It need it. And who doesn't want the opportunity to respond to someone else's sincere request? Right. I mean, oh, people more than others, but most people I know really do want to have the opportunity to, to serve people that they care about and they don't know what to do. And especially these are crazy times. And sometimes I like forget how impactful, like I was on a call with a, a bunch of ladies um, yesterday. And I just was like, wow, I, sometimes I forget how impactful this time is in terms of like our mental health, our loneliness, our lack of community. Like there's so many things that people are struggling with and there is a great need for help, but maybe because we're all in it together and we're all facing this weird time in history, people are like, well, they're suffering, they're suffering every, you know, so I haven't actually noticed a lot of, a lot of opportunities or like, and I haven't done it myself, like asked for a lot of help because I'm like, but everybody else is having such a hard time too, but it's still, there's still something to, yes, everybody's having a hard time and we can all still help each other. Absolutely. What's interesting is there's a great need for help, but I don't think there's a, there's a great lack of help. Right. We're all, we all can. People. Yeah. Even, I would even say like, even if someone feels like I don't have the community that you're describing, I don't have this group of ladies that you have, Julie, or, or guys. I was strangers. Yeah. But you have like, there's neighbors, there's like mm -hmm. family, there's a lot of people that helped us that we frankly don't know that well. Oh my God. Like acquaintances. Yeah. And they still have been, have blessed us, you know, with a lot of things. Um, yeah. Just like the garbage is outside or, you know, we had the, during this season, we couldn't go get a Christmas tree. Yeah. It's so funny yeah. that it's so hard for me to ask for that. Amy is asking me several times, ask people for a Christmas tree. I'm like, no, that's weird. It's <laughs> like, not weird. It's fine, not do it. Who doesn't want to be the person that brings a Christmas tree to the sick family? I know. That it's is like enough. the best. You're like, decided. This is the you best. drive away from that situation feeling so good. Oh man, you, you just made their week. I think that's such a good, that's such a good point. And, and maybe, you know, challenges like what we are all helpers. We all have this possibility, like how to kind of expand that. And I, I always think with anything, it's intention, like it's acknowledgement and intention. Mm -hmm. Like I can acknowledge that there are a lot of people that need help right now and that I need help. How can I intentionally serve that knowledge? It makes, I just like, I want, I want to plan. Yeah. I want a plan in mind now. <laughs> well, I love this. Like 2021. Amy, give us a plan. Give us a plan. I love this. It's Please the help campaign. campaign. <laughs> you are us ask for one thing every month for 2021. And yes. one of the things that that you have asked me a couple of times, which has been, you know, and I always tell you this. You sometimes ask me to stay with your kids so you can have a date night. Yeah. This is golden 
for me because it's help to you. And then my son gets to be with your kids. Right. Sometimes he loses crap and it's yeah. not great. But overall, I am very thankful to do that because it gives me an opportunity to bring him in, into your home and to for them to be with him and you guys get the rest. So it's not like, I think sometimes people think like, well, if I ask for a thing, it's going to be like inconvenient. It's going to be too hard. You're missing the benefit that comes from the helper. Totally. Remember that you are benefiting the helper. Sometimes in actually very real, real ways. To me, that's a fair trade. I'm like, well, that's not even helping. That's just trade up. And yeah. you would simply say no. If you right. <laughs> and that's so, okay. I would. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. I think part of it too is if we all were able to just admit our dependence on people, we are all dependent on people. Admitting it and being yeah. okay with it. Yeah. Because it, I mean, that's what connects us, right? We are all connected. We all need each other. If we just, and I know this about me because this has been something that I, it has been one of these progressive things that out of struggle, I have learned to grow into better, recognize being okay yeah. to be dependent, not independent. Like Jake will tell you his most favorite time is when I'm sick because I am, I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, Not right, Jake. take care of me. <laughs> Cause I am all of a sudden, like, I need somebody. He will say, you actually say, I need you. Can you help? Whereas yeah. all the other times I'm like, I got it so much so that often to my own detriment and my point of exhaustion and yeah. resentment and yeah. all sorts and of grumping at everybody. You're not helping anybody by that, right? right. Like, you and know, martyr. Totally. So when we can get to that really healthy place of admitting dependence, that actually is such a beautiful thing for everybody. You're dependent on them and they will be dependent on you. Truth. Yeah. Um, can you speak a little bit? Cause you're a two, uh, you're an Enneagram two, which yeah. is known as the helper. And this is so true of you, but I know that you, you yourself have sort of gone through a journey in understanding the healthy un un and unhealthy parts of being a helper. Maybe you can kind of speak to your own journey and what you've learned through the pro, you know, through your own process. Yeah. Well, as relates to kind of the idea of an Enneagram too, the the helper is finds its worth in helping others. Um, and if they're not, they can tend to feel ungrounded and not worthwhile and unlovable. Yeah. So their need to help others while has some altruistic element to it is also really coming from a need to be worthwhile. It can go way too far. And I mean, I have been this friend where it was like, I saw someone's need or I was in relationship with someone that their need was so intense and there was so much of it. And I had such a desire to fulfill it um, because it gave me a sense of identity that I would go way too far and create an imbalance. So it's where you're helping so much that you become absolutely essential to the other person, but they have no way of reciprocating that, that back to you because usually in an unhealthy place, a person with my personality will find and notice people that are deeply needy and deeply like struggling or in a hard, hard place. And they will become like almost like a savior to them. Like 
we're all wired in different ways. Like I knew that my motivations for a lot of my helping were um, complicated and in some ways, like what I would call quote unquote impure, but I would also say, who of us don't have motivations that are mixed up in our desire to just feel worthwhile, loved, and have identity in this world? And I, I'm okay being a person who's a work in progress that, you know, did things motivated by, um, motivated in ways that I no longer am motivated. That's an evolution that I've had in my life. And I spent a lot of my year life doing it more that way. And I will continue to hone that, you know, and sometimes it'll go too far one way and too far another, and that's okay. I'm just going to keep working on it. But um, I definitely have seen a lot of progress as I've, as I've gotten older and, and just been more honest um, because that willingness to say, I see you, I, I see what you're doing and I'm not going to be shamed about it. I, this is not, oh, you have an ego. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Your, your motivations are very complicated. Yes, it is. And I have so much grace for that in other people. I can have that same grace for myself. Yeah. Oh, that's part yeah. of it I think, too. It's a good word, Jules. And I can, re I can res um, I resonate with some of that. And I think one of the things that's helped me on asking for help more is understanding that. <laughs> so I find it for me, that it's much easier for me to help someone that says, hey, can you help me do this? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. But if it's me, the one who needs that, then I would say, I'm not going to ask. So it's kind of this weird irony between, um, right. I, why is it so easy for me to help someone, but it's not easy for me to let them help me if it's the exact same thing. Right. Like, the exact same problem. I would help them easily and, and willingly. And so in some ways, what, I, what I'm trying to get at is I think if I were to help myself by saying, I'm going to help Jake. Yeah. And you yeah. almost put yourself in the third person. It's mm. almost so much easier to, yeah. to ask for it because, and to, to receive it because you're like, yeah, Jake needs help. <laughs> you know, a third person yeah. needs help. Well, um, that just changed our house dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I got other issues, but that's, that's one that I'm trying to work on. Well, yeah. From now on, Jake, yeah. when you have to carry like 189 buckets of dirt down to your backyard you'll be like hey anybody want help with that yeah <laughs> you may still say no though yes <laughs> i love uh, just quick story on that our neighbor saw me doing that and he's like i could not watch you one more minute and not help i just like oh. just wrong inside of me so i'm here because i have to be i won't be here long but i'm gonna do a couple buckets and then i'm going back over there so i feel a little bit better <laughs> I'm like, cool. There you go. Yeah. We will take that. We will take that. Yeah. We'll take those buckets. Um, oh man. Okay. This is all good stuff, you guys. I kind of I'm gonna wrap it up because it's been you got too much. You got yeah. too much. I got so much. Yeah. I did want to say, like, um sort of to conclude the the conversation, I was just thinking we all just need to be, man, I hope this lands right. Uh we all just need to be a little bit more childlike or like a kid because we were talking a little bit about kids don't ever yeah. hesitate to ask for help yeah ever yeah. they ask for it 50,000 times in a day and it's so sincere and true like yeah. hey can you help me 
And so, you know, I'm just thinking about that. Like if we were to offer help from a heart space because we want to, and we're not expecting anything in return, doesn't that change the way of helping? And then also from the receiving end, if we receive it without thinking, oh great, now I'm going to have to do back to them. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to have to replace that help with helping them or those crazy thoughts receiving it as the pure heartfelt gesture it is and letting that be. But some and of then, that isn't bad, by the way. Some of that is okay. I need to do this too. I think, yes, you know, I think that's that true. But I think them. if your reason for reciprocating isn't to guilt. tie them, yeah. it no. is truly to reciprocate out of a love, a loving space of servitude to them you know, just because you want to and you're not expecting anything in return. I just- Because you felt so moved by their care. Like, I I feel like it's a a very natural cycle of care. Like- Yes. I am much more naturally likely to see the need in someone that that has seen my need. I think it's just, I think that's just natural. It's not, that is not to me like a lack of good motivation. It's just like, gosh, they were so caring to me. And then like, when they have a need, it's very easy. Like it's very easy for me to see your need and want to respond to it because you've always been very caring to me. And whether it was practical need or just like emotional care, mm-hmm. um, I think there, there is something to that, but it's not like, it's not like quid pro quo. It's just like, I feel loved and I want to receive, you know, return love. It's just a more of a cyclical thing of. Absolutely. Beautiful place to be in. I look forward to, we're going to have to come up with some sort of campaign <laughs> slogan yes. for uh, help, help 2021. The 12 helps of 2021. We're oh. going to have to think through this. <laughs> yes, I like it. Oh, yeah, we'll start brainstorming. Ah, wasn't that so good? Oh my goodness. This is exactly why I have other people's voices part of the conversation because Jake and Julie just brought so much to that. (laughs) I'm so grateful. You know, whether we were talking about our own memories from the brain tumor time or we were talking about their own situations through their experiences um, during that time period, or what they've learned through their own experiences, you know, even with Julie and her journey through um, the Enneagram helper, such good things. And who else is on board for the helper campaign 2021, right? Find the helper, be the helper. Uh, I think we can all agree there are opportunities for us to help, and be helped. So I'm on board. If anyone else wants to join me, I'm I'm all there. <laughs> we can intentionally help. And I know that I've seen this, you know, even just going through the last five to six months, how people have stepped up to the plate to help in immeasurable ways, whether it's to the wet restaurant industry, whether it's to the businesses, the small businesses, whether it's 
serving their neighbor who is in need or the grandparent, you know, even if it meant that we were helping through a glass window or dropping groceries off. I mean, even for us going through, you know, a time of quarantine with the virus for our own family. Oh man, did we feel loved and seen and thought of and connected. Oh man. Thank you to everybody who has just been a part of my journey. Thank you to anyone who's listening who has directly or indirectly been a part of my growth, of my learning to receive help, of my my gratitude growth. I appreciate you. And I know that we received help from many people whom I've never met. And I'm I'm just I'm so grateful. I think it's just a good reminder that we all need each other. We do. We are all a part of a big, connected humankind. Whether you're connected in your community, through a friend group, through a church group, through your neighborhood, through your school, we're all a part of a giant connection. I hope you feel that, and I hope you find intentional ways to support it as well. Thanks for being part of another conversation. Don't forget, if you have an opportunity, I highly encourage you to go check out the bonus content that we have on the Enneagram 2. Julie Hubert did an incredible job sharing her journey. And man, she's got some good nuggets in there. I tell you what, I wish you all a very happy holidays.